All right, welcome back. We are trying to decide if what we just talked about between our little break of recording here is better than what we're about to talk about. So we'll try to remember because it was pretty good. <laughs> Jan gets going. We want to have our one thing with Jan and our story time because oh, yeah. you say, well, one more thing or I've got another story and they're generally That's why good. your college roommate nicknamed me Janimal. Yeah, Alan Pender gave you Janimal. Because I go, Woo, I get all <laughs> up in whatever I'm doing. And you always say, do you have two seconds? I'm like, well, we know you need longer than two and seconds. And then Rachel's <laughs> college room friend nicknamed me JT. Yeah. So now I got you, all these names. You have a presence where now you're Grand Jan. I'd like to be Grand Jan. Thank That's you. That's why you hashtag that. Grand Jan is my favorite name. It's my favorite name of all the other goofy names my children have given me. But you said something. You said a goal is a dream with a deadline. Correct. Right? So we talked about last time how we, you're learning not to be guilty as much. You're learning and you've... Earned your first being Cadillac. We've mentioned your first incentive trip, but we haven't really talked. And you've, you're learning yourself. You're learning systems. You're learning the season right. of life, how to do it all. But we haven't talked about is you're still in this chop wood, carry water phase. You're still in this grind it out phase, which is longer than you want it to be. Yes. But you're just decided, I'm going to deal with it. I'm right. going to keep taking one step a day or right. keep doing the same things that are repetitive. Right. Do you have any failures that come to mind during this time? Stuff you did that just fell flat on its face? Mm-hmm. Do you have about three hours? I mean, no. I could hit the... I could hit the <laughs> High points. All right. Um, well, hold on. Why do you think people avoid failure so much, just generically? Why are we so f- afraid of it? Because you're still here. Right. You said you failed a bunch. I think we, we misunderstand failure. We've met just overall, it carries such a negative connotation that we feel like if we fail, then, you know, we're worthless and nothing will work and we'll never be able to make it. And I think it carries such a stigma of I'm a loser and... In our current world, you'll do anything at all costs to not be a loser. Whereas, you know, I was kind of raised that it's okay to lose <laughs> every now and then because you're going to. And nobody wins 100% of the time. Nobody. And um, so you even look at the life of Jesus. I mean, he had lots of setbacks, you know, but yet his message was true and kept on. The beat went on, the beat went on. But yeah, but he knew they were coming. We don't. Yeah, so. that's, well, that's true. He was <laughs> omnipotent. Yes, he was. Okay, um, here, my failures. If I think of, let me just tell you one story about an event we had that we spent tons of money on and tons of time on. And it was when I was just starting to like call other places in town and use their rental space. And we had done all types of marketing um, from flyers to phone calls. We didn't have social media. It, it might have been starting, but we didn't have all that. But we just put a lot of time. We put a lot of time. I contacted a lot of people and I had a lot of people say, we will be there. And, um, you know, we were trying something new. But what happened is we, we spent a lot of money and a lot of time. And truthfully, apart from the three or four people that were there with me in the Mary Kay realm, like two people came. How many were you expecting? A couple of hundred, maybe. So what like, that's the work we'd done. That's leg, that's leg work we'd done. And um, we had all this food left over. And we had, and even all of the logistics, even though that was an ouchie, it was, it was just what I internalized from that event. My message is not valuable. People don't want to work with me. They don't want to be here. What did I do wrong? And so that was a, that was a big, big failure as far as event goes. And, and so, if social media is starting, this is early 2000s, so you're already a national this by is this the, point. Yeah, this is probably the late 90s when we started doing bigger stuff. You know, not quite to that national point. But 
you know, and I can, let me get, I can give you a couple of other examples, but in the messages in the same as all of them, one of them was, um, a relationship I had and, um, you know, just, I mishandled it. I, I mishandled it from top to bottom. If I could go back and redo it, Tanner, a hundred times, I would do it different. I, and that was a relationship that was never restored. Still to this day? To this day. Because you're in the people business. Not restored. And apologies were given and explanations were given. And I just had to finally own the fact. Here's what people don't want to do. I had to own the fact that I failed at that point. And um, I think I might have said this in a previous podcast because it all kind of flows together. But how do you get over the pain of regret and failure you focus on your preferred future. So from those two experiences, I decided, and that's just two of a gazillion, but I um, decided that I would learn from them. Now the word is lean in, all right? We didn't have that word until just recently, but I would learn from them and then I would not do it that way again. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't quit. I would just put that as a tool in my toolbox to help me do better next time. But, and I mean, looking back, do you give yourself more grace? Because the reality is none of us know what we're doing. Right. We're all scrambling and grabbing for every season of life to figure out how to do it and how right. to do it correctly. You know, John Maxwell came out with a book about right then, you know, failing forward to success. No way. John Maxwell came out with a he book. He did. Failing forward to success. And when I realized that the failures could, you know, here again, be stepping stones towards doing it better so I'd be more successful. You marry it with this chop wood carry water mentality I had of just keeping doing the thing. Um, you know, I feel like it really contributed to that. I wish, looking back, I wish I hadn't been so afraid of failing. And I really pray still to this day that businessmen and women, moms and dads, just people wouldn't keep their failures so private that they would reach out and share with other people, even if they're pretty dramatic, because then, you know, what you bring to the light can be dealt with mm -hmm. and, you know, processed through, but what you leave in the dark, you just carry with you and Satan uses it to fester. And it's really hard to admit you're wrong. It's really hard to fail. And you ask, you know, do I give myself some grace? Not really. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, to I, you know, I still to this day feel like I should have handled it differently. However, I didn't, so I have given myself grace in that. You well, know, that you just know, you know, you just know that you move forward. But I mean, you, your failure can look like a lot of things. But what you did in that certain relationship, you just said, "I messed up, and I'm not going to do that again." So correct. That failure, even though taught you not to manage to manage certain things a certain different way. Correct. Because the pain and the guilt and the shame that it causes, and you don't forget so that. So painful. Failure is painful any way you look at it. For anybody who says it's not. For that saying of, you know, you know, put your big girl panties on, whatever. I mean, I think that's a very, we say it sometimes, y'all don't, but that's very callous because sometimes, you know, it's, we don't know how to get up. We don't know how to take that next step. We don't know. So I think the process of just um, owning it, asking the Lord to forgive you and um, figuring out your next step, because to your point, nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, and I've learned vulnerability leads to other people being vulnerable and confession of fear leads to them sharing their fears. And right. so it's vulnerability all... will help people support you out of that failure. It's yeah. when we think we have to be all that bag of chips, you know, and get it together, keep it together. And we can't let anybody know. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we, I don't think we tell everybody. 
But there, are, we all have that inner circle group of people that we can say, hey, I need to tell you something. And generally, it's that person that you think about that comes to your mind. It's mm -hmm. like, who can I tell? It's that person that... Mm -hmm. and, and if you'll just text yeah. them or say, hey, I need on your schedule today. Yeah. They'll make room. They'll make room. And that's, my, that's been my leadership style if I look back over the last 42 years. I, I have never chosen to be the leader that acted like she had it all together. There are some people like that. You mm -hmm. know, they're way up here. And so people can't, they can't understand. Our Mary Kay culture doesn't really lend itself to that, to the almighty diva leader. We're more servant leaders and some people do really well and other people's not, not as much, but that's really our culture. It's funny too that you say that there's that book, The Millionaire Next Door, and that they did the study on thousands of people and the people that look like they're millionaires generally are not and the people that you would never expect generally are. So yeah. kind of that mindset of they look like they have it all together maybe they don't and that reminds me of a story story time with Jen at the lake you know we had this lake house we went to your whole life because um, your grandparents was up on that deal yeah our grandparents are your grandparents were from Alabama and so we go to the lake and um, we have a week or a week and a half there and of course you're you're in lake clothes you do what you do and so Days upon days upon days of no makeup, what we call the natural look. And I've said for years. And gray t-shirts. Yes. I've said for years I work an hour every morning to not look natural, you know, when it comes <laughs> to selling cosmetics. But I remember walking through one day and uh, my dad, your grandfather, he said, you know, Jan, I mean, I'll never forget. He goes, you really, you're a good example of what you do. <laughs> like. You look better with makeup. <laughs> and I knew what he was saying. I was like, I know. But um, just if a fence many, needs painting, paint it, man. Just one of the many reasons it is harder to be a woman. Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have so much more to do it's to look decent. It's but. unbelievable. Megan and I getting ready for bed is a comical how much shorter it takes me <laughs> yeah. every night. Two minutes versus 15 or Yeah, longer. two minutes if you're, like dra if you're dragging your feet. <laughs> well, I want to touch on something you mentioned because I feel like this is no matter the age or the industry you're in or what you do is the financial piece of this. And right. if you don't mind being the advice you just shared as you've talked about credit cards coming out mm -hmm. and you kind of built a problem for yourself and one that wasn't, there was no kind of to it. Yeah. And they're one that wasn't, you couldn't hide it anymore. So what happened with your finances and you and I will both admit we probably should fire our, ourselves from finances at times is because we're kind of the, it'll work out. Right. Mentality. And you know, there's, Hope is hope. When you have hope, it gives you power in the present. Okay, that's true. But it's not a strategy. But it's not a strategy, and it's not a day of the week. I mean, you know, you just like okay. So <laughs> what I um, what I did. Were we on the same page there? With it, that hope is not a strategy. Yes, it took me a while nice. to get here, Tanner. But <laughs> what I finally did was, I just kind of, well, for lack of a better phrase, had to come to Jesus meeting with myself because I couldn't handle the guilt anymore. Guilt is guilt is for me. And for lots of people, I think people, they, they drink to numb it. They do drugs to numb it. They beat people up to numb it. Uh, they cry in bed for down. days and shut down. I mean, there it's, it's a very strong, very strong emotion. So it, finally I just thought, okay, I, I do not have integrity as a leader anymore. How can I stand up and talk to my people about money management when I'm not managing mine? When was this? Like what? Um, and I had to tell your dad. Oh, because you know, <laughs> here's the thing: when you, um, when I had my own Mary Kay bank account, and then the way we've always done our money, and I don't know how people do it now with 
people working independently, but like I would pay us every month. Like, so I had, I ran my business over here and then I would, I would, Mary Kay would pay Jan and David every month. And so when I got to where I couldn't do that, and then that's when your dad, who what, who never really has micromanaged me on any of that, but he was like, what's the deal? And I remember like, oh, I just, you know, so that was not a fun day, although it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. It never is. He loves, he loves me. He was like, okay, this, why did you do that? That was stupid. <laughs> I'm like, I know. And so, um, speaking of grace, you know, he has no grace, <laughs> but yet he did because, you know, we had a, we had, um, and this is something I learned about working with people. We had a really tough conversation that afternoon, but he never hung, he never held it over my head. So you actually know? he does have a lot. So he has a lot of grace. So we got a plan and I got a plan and I made a commitment to him. And that's, I think sometimes when you are self-employed or when anything, there's just gotta be one or two people in your life, maybe just one other that you commit to that there's some accountability with. And so that at that season, the good thing that came from that, other than the debt being paid off was I got super familiar with our career path and super familiar with how I made the most money in my position. And that's where I think sometimes we have so many options, especially today of ways to make money that when you zero in on this is, this is our cash cow. This is the way we're going to make the most. So at that point, um, and I don't need to go through it here. The Mary Kay people that are listening will definitely know, but that's when I started really working on my personal work, my personal bringing people in personally, my personal sales and all the things that I was able to maximize that along with the commissions I was earning with, from my team. And then I just started Dave Ramsey in it right then, you yeah. know, I started paying minimums on this and paying a lot on this. And then we just started hacking down and hack. But I still had to have operating expenses. And actually, I know I mentioned this in a previous podcast, it was at this season of my life, the height of my debt that I hired help, which would not make common sense to anybody. But I thought, I cannot generate this if I don't have some help at home. You can't afford it, but you can't afford not to afford it too. Exactly. Yeah. So you remember all those college babysitters you had in the summer that would take you to Whisperwood Swimming Pool? Do you remember? Oh, Chris, yeah. You remember Christy Melton? She had, you know. Anyway, oh, all these people. That well, but. I mean, we. Uh, but I, so you had to come it, out. It was today. not my choice to have babysitters in the summer. It was not. Oh, so sorry. I hit my microphone. It was not my choice to have that, but we just had to. But you're not. You've had to expose yourself in this financial world to all these people. Mm-hmm. Did you start getting people's opinions? Um. There really weren't a lot of books about that then. <laughs> no, I mean like from other people that are close to you saying, mm-hmm. you messed up, you got to, this can't be a dream. You're sitting here, right? You're right. retiring at Mary Kay as a national sales director. You got through it. Right. I'm sure there's times where you don't think you're going to. And there's also other outside voices now saying, well, sorry, you failed. Mm-hmm. You should probably quit. You know, I think I didn't share it with many people, but I shared it with um, David, of course. And then I shared it with my mother who then shared it with my dad. Who was a very prominent businessman. Yes, and um, as you all know, my dad was, he loved to have great ideas that helped everybody. (laughs) So he decided that I need to get a real job at this season. He decided I need to get a real job. And he called me, he said, Jan, I've already talked to so-and-so at First National Bank here in Lubbock, and they got you a job. You can work there. And I'm like, okay, dad, thank you. And now realize I'm not feeling really emotionally strong at this time. I mean, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm vulnerable. That's a good word. Um, Thank you. And so he goes, 
you need to call this guy. Well, I never called him, so the guy called me. He goes, Jan, we understand you need a job. And it ticked me off <laughs> so bad. But that's a whole other story for another day. I could get it. I could really You're get still all not over it. it. No, I'm not. It's been years. <laughs> and he, I said, well, tell me about what you would expect me to do. And, the, and they offered me benefits, which when you're self-employed, you don't have them very good. And they offered me a good salary. And here I am needing money more than I've ever needed money in my whole life. Okay. So I listened and he said, you would be the bank representative. It was a PR job basically. So you will represent our bank at everything we sponsor, everything we do, every ribbon cutting, which sounded fun, kind of, you know, as part of that. I said, he said, and many of those ribbon cuttings, I said, what are those ribbon cuttings? So I feel like the Lord kind of gave me the right question. He goes, well, they will be after hours. I said, so how many nights a week will I work? And he said, well, um, probably three or four, some weeks, not any, but most weeks, three or four. And, um, I said, okay, is there any flexibility if my kids have sports? No, no, there won't be any flexibility. And do I, do I need to be there at eight? He goes, yeah. I said, thank you so much. I'm not interested. And it was that day. I remember what I had on that. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's when decision day, decision day, man, D day. <laughs> and I was like, I'm about to do exactly what I expect my people to do. And that's when I got into my personal work so much that I mentioned a minute ago. But you had done the work on yourself to get to that point. Cause my mm -hmm. guess is 1983, Jan is not making that decision. Right. Cause you knew who you started to, you were well, knowing who you were. I had confidence in my opportunity. Yeah. And that that's, I had confidence in the company and the opportunity and in the people that were leading me. Would you say that that financial failure pushed you to where you are today? Absolutely. Without You're not it. here without it. Not here without it. Or the event failure or the relationship failure. Mm -hmm. No, all three of those big things I learned. I thought, I pray I'll never be at that position again. Well, I know enough to know that you have a couple more failures coming, but those are the ones that kind of push oh, yeah. you on this Oh, yeah, path. I've got a few more. <laughs> but, yeah. Which it's so not to, unique to you. I think sometimes we... Mm -hmm. We look at the way we do anything and we're like, well, I'll just be different. But it's mm -hmm. like when you take out the personal self, like it's everybody's path in some way or another. And when you look at it that way, it, it takes out the self-righteousness of it. Like it does. God's got us moving in one direction, different seasons for different people. And we just, we got to quit comparing our stories right. because they're not the same and they're right. never going to be the same. And the timing's different. And, mm -hmm. you know, you've heard that. Because I know you and I have talked about it. You know, when you compare yourself to others, you automatically compare your weaknesses with their strengths. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting time. I would sit down with 30 and 40 year olds, 50 year olds, 12 year olds, my own age really, that haven't had the self-work that I've done. And just say, let's talk, write down your top five failures. Let's mm -hmm. talk about them. Because they carry a lot more weight than you think that they do. Um, this leadership coach that I mentioned earlier and we'll mention again later, the first thing he had me do was, of course, you know, as a leader of leaders, this is what, what I do now as a national sales director. He said, I want you to write down the name of every leader that has left Mary Kay and your organization. That was his first assignment. I was like, did it take a while? Oh, you remember? Roll, oh, I remembered. They <laughs> rolled off my pen. Cause we take that personal. Yeah. And there were over 50. Mm -hmm. uh, people who'd risen to leadership, you know, and that was 20 years ago. Yeah. 
so that's that's what wait you know but anyway then that's the beginning the process of just moving past that but you mentioned something and we're actually uh, we're about to get to your first earned incentive trip but before that you have a friend that came up with something y'all called IPAs. You mentioned right. it once, and I thought Indian, it was a beer. I thought Indian Pale Ales, which are my favorite. They're fantastic. You should try them. <laughs> I will never try them. Yeah, I know. But what are they? Okay. Because what we're doing is not working, so let's right. do something that may work, right? We've got to be able to adapt and change. Right. Okay, so for the, the Mary Kay people that are, that are listening, you may know Bette Vernon. She was a national sales director and my friend in my era of million dollar directors and all the things. Um, for those of you who are not Mary Kay, just know she was a, a, amazing, is an amazing woman that did Mary Kay at the same time, grew, was growing her business. Um, she now has remarried, Bette Pate is her name. Okay, so she had been, we were talking about some things that were kind of tripping us up and she had been to a church meeting and in that church meeting they their pastor whoever was saying the these are the seven ways that a church these are the seven things we can do as a congregation to support our church and growth and so she was intrigued by that and then she got in her car that like that someday thought okay what what are the things that we do in mary Kay that would cause our business to grow like we did them consistently and so she just rattled them out on a i think it was on the back of a church bulletin Tanner, but when they basically. had those, when they had those, now we have fewer. And then she came to love it to do something for me, and it fell out of her Bible, and I was like, "What? What is this?" And she was like, "Oh, it's nothing." And I'm like, "No, talk to me about that." And they were so brilliant; it was so great that I um, typed them up on my typewriter, probably, or something. And um, you had a we started, yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't have. One. We started um, teaching these. She started. She led that wave, and I bought in to those income producing activities, hook, line, and sinker. And now the people that I train will roll their eyes. I talk about them so much, but it's because it keeps you focused. These are the things that help business grow. Those of you right now starting a business or in business, you could sit down right now and create your own income producing activities, you know, or faith producing activities or peace producing activities. I mean, you could do- or Strengthen just, my marriage. Strengthen your parent. marriage. You know, all those things you could do. And so that was that was that season that we kind of, and those things took me to, I think, pushing through those failures and then those income-producing activity awareness took us to our first incentive trip. How many were there? There were 10. We have 10 now. Do you remember any of them? Can you share I, them? I just talked about them this morning on a Zoom call. Well, what are a few of them? Well, a few of them are like, you know, you book an appointment, that's an income producing activity. You follow up with those appointments, you sell product, you share the business plan with people, you, what we call our business recruit, someone new. I mean, it's not shuffling product or watch, looking at somebody's website or, mm -hmm. you know, organizing your papers. Yeah. It's act, action, it's activity. Yeah, stuff that can actually see a return on it. Right. Because you talked about not reinventing the wheel mm -hmm. and, no matter your personality or the decade you're mm -hmm. in, there's some things that just work and they're always going to work. Right. Like if you call 10 people, three people are going to see you. Mary Kay, the person was brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, she created our Mary Kay principles on, she'd been in business for a long time working for another guy, Stanley Company, and she came in and said, okay, these are the things I don't like about this and these are the things I think they could have done different, but yet I'm a woman, so they didn't listen to me. And that's what she created a company that was based on those things. And we as we've said, 60 years old this year. We've done quite well. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, we are officially 
at the place where you do earn that first incentive trip, but we're not going to talk about it today. Okay. We're going to talk about it next time, and we're also going to talk about an award you got a lot earlier that we have not touched on yet, but I think it's cool. Okay. So can we come back to that next time? We certainly can. I like to talk about my awards. You do? Yeah. I mean, well, let's do it. Well, this was a big one. You, you're, yeah, to was. me, as an outsider, you're kind of benchmarked by this award that you got before yeah. I was born, I think, mm -hmm. and the one you recently got, mm -hmm. which we haven't touched on. Yeah. Or an award. I mean, it, you're a testament to me of sticking with it. I mm -hmm. mean, and, and staying in the game and that perseverance. And, you know, that's, that's why you're here and that's what you want to share. Yeah. Hopefully it can be an encouragement. Thank you all.